from the city that has always been the epicenter of music. The established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. Here we go, episode two of the Memphis Reverb. Yes, my name is Brody, and we are going to do this thing up big. I have a, we'll call it a history with (laughs) JT from Savage After Midnight. He is in the house. We are going to break down everything that's gone down during the pandemic. You guys have been busy, and we need to talk about everything that's gone on, including the brand new music Mm. that spawned out of the pandemic. Also, we're going to be cracking some beverages along the way, so there might be a drinking game involved. <laughs> also, we need to talk about tours and everything happening. Uh, it's it's all being unpacked, unraveled, and reverbed in the Memphis Reverb. Let's do this thing next. Reverberations heard around the world. This is the Memphis Reverb. I am super excited about this because, for one, we've been talking about doing this for... Four weeks now? Almost a month. We've been talking for over a month about this specific show. Although this goes back to almost two years ago when we were having one of those weird conversations that you and I have <laughs> about, you know what we should do? We should start a show. Yeah, let's start a show. It's like, we're going to make a band. <laughs> How many bad shows did we come up with before the good oh, show came up? Thousands. Thousands. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, get proper introduction here. He is JT. He is from Savage After Midnight. Hello. The rest of the boys are are completely missing out. They've got lives. <laughs> They've got lives. So, so they said specifically, though, they wanted me to tell you. Yeah. They said they don't enjoy your smell any longer. <laughs> and that they have much better things to do than to come on your podcast. I love them. (laughs) Shy can eat a a bag of bananas. Well, we have have a lot to discuss uh, because we talked, I I just mentioned lives that you guys are living. And (laughs) it's been a crazy year for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's been a crazy year for everybody. Yeah, but what I mean is like, you guys have like, I don't know, it, it seems like, Grew up in a year. <laughs> yeah, I think you're forced to grow up when COVID or any kind of pandemic hits your you're society. You're freaking married now. Oh, I'm married now. Yes. Was I not married the last time we we had a pod? Uh, a, uh, not the last time you and I spoke. So the last time that we did anything together, you were at the station. Yeah, that was the last time that we spoke, and that was right before the uh, Shinedown tour. I think you were engaged, but I don't think you were married yet. Dude, that's going to freak me out. If I was not married the last time that we spoke, then that was a long time ago because I'm coming on two years of being married. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up on nine. <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh, I remember that was the last time that we spoke was I was kind of shitting on your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the joke that I made, but it was something to the effect of like, wow, so you've been married longer than I've known my wife or something. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it, it's been so long. Yeah. So it has been that long, dude. No, the joke was that I met your wife before you guys were even engaged. Yeah. Because you brought her down to the rehearsal room yep. one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were dating. And uh, we went to, well, you guys were in the old band name. Empire City. Empire City. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was during a show that we were putting on. Gosh, what was that show? With, the B.O.B. Uh, B.O.B. show. B.O.B., right. B.O.B. 
And that was the night we lost power. Mm-hmm. Twice. <laughs> oh we killed. We killed. Um, so to, to lump, lump everybody into what happened. So uh, Savage After Midnight used to be called Empire City. Right. Yeah. Empire Empire City. City. Okay. And then um, you guys were playing uh, what we called Kiss Concert. With B.O.B. as the right. headliner. And you guys were going on right before B.O.B. And there was right. a big stink right before that. Because what happened? you guys put on a sick show. Always have, always will. Right. Right. You guys had like the lights and fucking pyro. And, that was it. And everything to the nine, right? They were mad at our production. B.O.B. saw that we were playing uh, the Minglewood Hall, <laughs> right? 1,500 kids. <laughs> Packed in like sardines, right? Because it was it was a nice crowd. I wasn't say it was like sold out by any no, show. it was great, but it was a nice. What like, shows like that anymore? Man, I, I miss shows like that. I miss shows like that because they would pack up right next to the stage, like like little sardines. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you have like a, a football field right. next to you. Mm-hmm. Take one step to your right, and you're making the room look very empty. By yeah, standing right, this right. close. And and so like you, you've got like a thousand kids all packed in like literally elbow to butthole. <laughs> and and they're like, we can't breathe. And I'm like, step back. But anyway, so so B.O.B.'s people, not B.O.B. himself, but B.O.B.'s people got butthurt yeah. that you guys were going to absolutely blow the doors off the place. Well, just, just not musically, right? No, it was no, no. just the production the that we brought. Yeah. Right. Because he thought that this was going to be some some pea shooter BS. Yeah. That's why we were on the bill. Right. We had a local band on the bill. Right. Oh, yeah, and that's what he saw, too. He's like, what are they going to do? Let Empire right? City play the show. Uh, except for the fact that, B.O.B., you were in Memphis, <laughs> son. Uh, there's, You should know. Educate yourself because guaranteed. Home of rock and roll. Well, not only that. I mean, you're you're like the home of everything now. Right. Like, you've got more recording spaces here right. in this city. Like, per square capita, I think there is no other place. So, that, but looking back, though, yeah, we, we kind of were probably a little bit. Dickish. I mean, that was a, that was a substantial amount of production, dude. Y'all for had so much crap. <laughs> I mean, the only thing we didn't have was pyrotechnics, right? I, I, I think everything Did else. Did you not though? Like, there was something you didn't use. So we had lasers. <laughs> lasers. That was it. You had the freaking lasers. We had lasers. That was the drawing line. We had a full-on lighting director. Yeah. And so none of this is proven, by the way. And I'm going to go ahead and get to the punchline of this whole story. <laughs> none of this is proven, but our theory is. That the stage manager for B.O.B. kicked our power source from under us and shut the show down. I think he did it twice um, because (laughs) they were suspiciously able to get it back on really quick. Well, not for us. We had to reset our entire rig. Yeah. Like sh- like turning on our equipment is not just okay. Plug the guitars back in. It's it's racks of equipment that all have to be completely shut off manually and then reset. So it took us all five minutes. Yeah, and I think Kobe at the time. Yeah, Kobe was it Kobe? Curry. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe was the PD of yep. the station. Mm-hmm. He came out. We said, Kobe, go do something. And Kobe ran out and goes, Can y'all pay the fucking light bill for what's in your lives? <laughs> and tried to blame it on the venue. Well, but we did blow the fuse. Did we really? Yeah. So uh, I don't know if it was oh, the man. first or second time the fuse got blown uh, because we lost power in the back. <laughs> he made it sound like it was a socioeconomic issue. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the bill at the venue. Yeah. Uh, no, it actually was the fuse. I think the second time. Now the first time was a bit suspicious, but the second time like <laughs> blew the fuse. Like people were walking around the backstage because we were backstage with flashlights and everything. 
everything. We were like, what's going on? And well, so, well, the, the, the stage manager that we brought, or he wasn't even really a stage, but he was, like, he was kind of just a stage hand. Mm-hmm. The only reason we think that this theory is true is because he swore that he saw that guy walking around behind our equipment before yeah. it happened. Yeah. Now, he was a douche. I don't know. I remember his name, but B.O.B. B.O.B. was a cool dude. Oh, dude, he was great. I don't think he cared at all. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't because we were in the backstage with him. We were doing like uh, pre-show interview. Right. I think with him when all this was going down. And he's like, why? What's going on? Because he's like, we're pulling. We're pulling. And he's like, for what? And he's like, well, because, you know, they brought all these you know, they have lasers. <laughs> He's like, they've got they've got fire and and, and stuff. And <laughs> it was such a large scale production. I remember Bob specifically for a support saying, act. Who cares? Yeah. And he's like, so you still want to play? And he's like, well, yeah, they're paying. <laughs> yeah, us. I like, would like to get my money. Thank right. you for he's asking. Like, we don't play. I don't <laughs> get paid. And so uh, I just remember that being a thing. And it was like, oh my gosh, here we go. That was a fantastic night. Fantastic drama. We, I remember just being super hot, super sweaty because the AC after the second time it like never kicked back <laughs> so all through the rest of your guys' set B.O.B. set like it's just increasingly getting hotter and of course it's <laughs> right. mid-July when we're doing well, this the, well the lasers so. didn't help the temperature <laughs> in the room either I'm sure I love it anyway okay um now, fast forward, uh, JT is in a band called Savage After Midnight. Yes. You guys are touring all over. Right. Um, I mean, hot and heavy with with everybody playing venues, sold out venues across the world um, at this point. And uh, then all of a sudden that stops. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> like, like the earth stood still. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It, there's, uh, there's movies on it and, and crap like that. But I think what it allowed... You guys to do what it allowed us to do as a society and everything is is breathe and literally take a step back and go, the hell are we doing? Right. You know, um, I mean, I got a new gig and I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't be happier. Right. I really couldn't be happier. Where well, you, you sound happier. <laughs> like <laughs> I've got you color can in my see face. it on your face. My, um, so my OM, Devin Steele. Right. right. And, and I don't want to name drop or anything, but he and I were, were chatting over dinner and I was like. Don't take this the wrong way, but you've got color in your face. Like you actually look like a human being. And he's like, dude, I said the same thing three days after you left. Look at him. He looks like a human. Wow. We were returning into robots because we were working our asses off and it didn't really make sense. You were in the grind. You guys, I want to say, did the same thing. Like I go through your pages and stuff. I mean, yes, you're getting married. Right. Um, And it's not just you. I mean, Jeremiah is getting married. Jeremiah is getting married. He's getting married. Yeah. (laughs) Weird to me to say that. But that's the thing. Like now I look at you guys as humans. Right. You know, because you have that ability. Well, I don't think it's just us either. I mean, I think you could probably say that for anybody in the entertainment business. I mean, Mm -hmm. even acting included. Like if you look at some of the actors that just didn't work for like seven straight months, you know, before production started coming back, you would watch their socials and they were people. Yeah. It was weird. I think that's a that's an interesting point about what COVID did for all of us. Like, obviously, for us as musicians, it gave us a chance to write. You yeah. know, we got to go into the studio, crank out, you know, th- 30 songs. Well, OK, so that writing process, how did that change? Uh, we built a place in a house. Really? I mean, yeah, because did it take you back to when like, I mean, because, you know, you and I have been in bands forever, mm-hmm. right? 
and working in that environment where you're like in high school, right? And you go over to a friend's house and you're like, we're going to write a song and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, did it take you kind of back to that? Or was it more like, it's weird because I, th- I don't think I've ever thought about it from that perspective, but yeah, in a sense, you kind of got giddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was, there was always this idea when we would go in to do a record, there was a, how will this be perceived during a show thought mm-hmm. process? Mm-hmm. And because touring was just taken out for everyone, yeah, this was an interesting time, not just for our band, but for most bands to step back and say, what are we? <laughs> you know, right. who, are, who we? are we? What right. is our sound? And also, if we put out a sound that people don't relate to, do we fucking care? Well, OK, so that being said, what did you come out of that? Like what came out of those writing sessions? Was it was it actual songs or was it more like an identity? then? <laughs> I think a little of both. I mean, it, it's easy to get it mixed up because every time you go in for a new record, you you are rethinking the band's identity. I mean, that's yeah. just what doing a record is. Yeah. So it, it can kind of get jumbled with with that thought process too. Hey, we're going to do a record. Let's change what the band is. We were we were always going to do that. Right. But as far as COVID's impact on that, I think that it maybe just gave us a little bit more of a timeline to to hash out some of the things that we wanted to do. Mm. We were able to bring in so many incredible writers through this entire process. Yeah. I mean, we've got, I can't even sit here speaking of name dropping. I can't sit here and tell you all the amount of rock artists that are on this new record with us Yeah. because they're not touring either. And we should call them and we should get them in. Now, did they drive rather than fly on an airplane during COVID? Yeah. They got in a car and drove, (laughs) but which was kind of fun though. It was awesome. And COVID allowed us to be able to come together. Dude, watch the collaborations that come out over the next year because of the records done in 2020. Yeah. We were all just sitting at home. Yeah. You know, well, you know, it, it kind of put us all on house arrest um, to a point because not only were you guys like finding different avenues of how to how do we do this, but you were also finding different ways to put on shows. Right. You know, and and, and to reach fans and to, to do that kind of stuff. I the trend started to become, hey, we're together in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, we are playing. Oh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready to, to come back out on tour whenever that may be. So we're going to do this virtual concert. Yeah, that was a strange time period. That had to be weird, you right? You know, we never jumped on board with that, right? Well. <sighs> and not shitting on the bands that did. Yeah. I, I 100% get it. I want to know why you didn't, though. Like, what was it that you were like? The energy's not there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. You, re- you relate so much to a live audience that it's it's the show mm-hmm. is given back to you by the crowd. I and was, if the crowd is not there. Yeah. It's not a show. It's it doesn't feel like a show. It feels like a live in studio performance, which is great. Those have their own energies that you can learn to fall in love with. But right. it's not a show. And I think that bands started looking at that as, oh, well, let's play it a virtual show. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting any energy back from reading the comment section. You know? <laughs> oh, Christina said hi. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. David said he's heard this song before. Well, I hope so, buddy. Yeah, we're playing a show here. <laughs> you know, it's just really awkward energy the whole time. It's like playing in, in your living room with like 100 people, right? <laughs> or maybe 50 people. And, and they're like, 
Play another one, GT. Oh, how many uh, Michael says PM me for uh, local escorts. Okay. No, Michael, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it was so straight. Then you get the bots. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get this kicked off, by the way. Oh, yeah. So um, while we're talking, I mentioned beverages in our first one, and JT gets to pick the beverages that we drink. I think that should be a tradition for every one of your guests. I think the guests should be required to bring the beverages to that the podcast. Drink. Yeah, I, I think that that's a great tradition. I'm done. So I'm going to kick this off here. Okay. We're going to start with my personal favorite. Do you have a bottle opener, by the way? Oh, my God. Is that going to be an issue? Do you know how to do that trick with, like, a lighter or a wedding ring? <laughs> not going to use my do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about, though? Uh, People do that at frat oh, parties. Oh, you know what? I do. I, I have a bottle opener. Hang on. Okay. Because. We, we're okay. <laughs> he's digging through his merchandise currently. Try to see if he's got a bottle opener. I don't, I don't think he wanted to break his finger. Well, I didn't want to break the table. I've done that before. <laughs> I've broken many hotel room. Really? <laughs> yeah, nightstands for sure. Uh, by doing the bottle trick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind breaking your table. What's do that. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the worst trouble you've gotten into at a hotel? <sighs> None. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. There's still pending charges, so I'm Maybe good. Really? I've never. No. <laughs> I, 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 that's a tough question. I don't think I've ever really gotten in trouble at a hotel. We're pretty well behaved for the most part. I mean, when we play shows, we definitely go out to the bars. You guys are freaking rock stars, though. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you, you, what's behind the scenes, funny enough, is is you guys like live it up, but not as like, I'm not talking like you guys are, uh, you know, uh, because your, your, your listeners right now, they have the images of that Motley crew, right? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Netflix, uh, movie that, that came out. Yeah. But that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. It's not like that. No, no, no. And, and that's true for like any oh, band. So you're in for a treat, sir. Is this, uh, Southern this Pecan? is called a lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan. Have you ever had it? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I was going to present it in such a way. So I tried this for the first time in Nashville. Probably 2010, mm-hmm. and it was draft, so very, very fresh. Yeah, and draft changed, is the best. It changed my life. We are drinking bottles, but we are drinking because I don't have a draft in here. Not yet. Okay. Uh, speaking of Nashville, uh, I don't know. Can we talk about this? Cheers. Cheers. Can we talk about a bar in Nashville? We can. Mm. Depends good. on the bar. So if you're drinking along at home, Southern Pecan, Lazy Magnolia, as a Gleek, <laughs> is that is that a part of this show? That they're supposed to drink the same beers with us? You should, should probably be. put in the descriptions <laughs> <laughs> the beer so they can prepare to listen to the show. That's what I would do. This was my podcast. Well, that's what we're going to do now. Oh, yeah. Um, so in a bar in Nashville during pandemic. Well, let's leave it up. Probably going to need it. Um, you, Your lead singer had a little bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a he had a he had a party. So shy. But was it his party? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shy is, is releasing a clothing line or something like that, right? Yes. So, and I've got to be careful about this one because I don't think that he's actually put the specifics out yet. I think he's okay. in the process of leading up to the release of whatever line that is. Okay. So, anyway, long story short, long story longer, I guess. Uh, Shy is in a bar in Nashville during pandemic time. Now, Nashville never really shut down. Uh, Not really. I don't know. I wasn't there. 25%, I, I think. Really? So what they were at. But anyway, uh, bar was packed. As, this is my understanding. Bar was packed. Um, he had people in there doing whatever. And, and it wasn't like anything illegal. This is my understanding. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it worse than that? Yeah, so... 
Well, I mean, worse is certainly subjective. Right. But no. Because he, he only got in trouble for the amount of people that were in there during pandemic pandemic time. So so Shy um, Shy had a uh, art exhibit is what we're going to call it. Okay. Um, called the Fashion House. That was kind of a tribute to uh, all the brands we grew up with, you know, Supreme, Louis Vuitton. Sure. Um, those are the only two that I can name. <laughs> Gucci? There's, there's, yeah, there's actually a Gucci room in there, too. Oh, is there really? So he built this whole thing out as as kind of a homage to these brands as well as a, a place for Instagram influencers to come and do content. Okay. Um, so you could do music videos, shoots. Wells Adam is there. I don't know what that means. Wells Adams. What is uh, that? He's uh, He was on Bachelor or one of those. Was he at the party? I don't know. He might have been. I don't think we can start diving into who was at this party. I think for our own Wells, if you were there, I'm sorry. Yes. I go go way back with Wells. Do you really? Wells was doing radio when I was doing radio down in Oxford, Mississippi. No way. Small little world we live on. Small little rock of a planet. Anyway. So um, he... So this was called the Fashion House, and and the show was, um, or excuse me, the 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 night that you're talking about was the unveiling, the grand opening of this house, okay. the Fashion House. Well, <laughs> Shy decided to make it a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he promoted it very very heavily, and keep in mind this was during the heat of COVID, right? Like in the middle of mass freak out COVID. Yeah. Um, he decided to have. A few people over. No, it was like a couple hundred, right? It was a lot more than that. But really? yeah, so it, it got a little bit out of control. But he, you know, he, he had security at the front gate. Mm-hmm. Um, he had sponsors that sponsored the event. I mean, it was certainly you did not have legit. to go in. Like if this happened any other time, this would have been like, oh, Shy's throwing a party. Right, right. Well, this one was actually significantly bigger than a normal Shy at his house party. It it, it took place on in all three homes on the property. <laughs> so it got pretty, pretty outlandish. Yeah. yeah. And some things happened that I don't even think on a podcast you can discuss. Wow. But it, if you read Google Fashion House debacle, and I think you'll get your, your own information and you can make your own judgments from there. Yeah. Um, but so he, he decides to do this unveiling in the middle of COVID and his thinking behind it is, you know, um, if people consent and want to come to this, you know, I suggest it, mm-hmm. um, if they don't want to come, they don't have to come, but I'm going to do this to support local artists. He was exhibiting local artist stuff yeah. in the fashion house. Right. And, and. I don't know if you know this, but people in the arts struggled during COVID. <laughs> very, 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 very bad. Quite a lot, right? So this was his attempt to kind of try to support the local arts as much as he possibly could, mitigate some of the loss. And it 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 got out of control. Um, it got it definitely got out of control. The media got a hold of what happened, yeah. and it was known as the nation's first super spreader event. Yeah. So it got to the point where the White House released a statement about the party condemning it. Um, it was all over. Uh, you know the Nashville Scene magazine. Magazine. Yeah, he was on the cover this year as like the the biggest the boo boo or whatever they call it <laughs> the dude. Um, and if you go around the country, I'm, I'm presuming a lot of your listeners probably are very familiar with the fashion house debacle. Yeah. Um, but that was shy, which is why I brought it up. Okay. I right. mean, listen, it. <laughs> I, I'd be remiss that we would hear it in the comments, or I would get the email saying, right. "Bro, you, you dropped the ball." And so, um, 
yeah, I mean, I had to bring it up. My understanding was that it was only because of the amount of people that it, because it was a super spreader event that that was the issue. That so, was that was primarily the that the was issue, the and 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 I would also make the argument too that that was going to happen somewhere oh. with someone. Yeah, this just happened to be the first one that got made an example of. And I'll tell you the one thing: it, right or wrong, agree or disagree with with what took place. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the one thing that I took from it. The hate that this band got Mm -hmm. during that time period, Mm -hmm. the things that were said about our music, the things that were said about us personally, the demands that we were told to do because this was a national story, Mm -hmm. it, it spoke it spoke a lot to the bottled up hatred that we had at that point in COVID in COVID. Damn. And it was it was revealing. Again, yeah. agree or disagree with the event. Right. What I took from it was, oh my God, people are really, really angry. And so, in general, you brought up the personal attacks and everything. Like, did you ever feel like, oh, we need to be worried here? Like, yeah. So, so I know Shy did. Mm-hmm. I know that Shy received some pretty, pretty significant threats. Um, I more was. Uh, um, dealing with nuisance in my DMs mm-hmm. calls to kick shy out of the band type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cancel culture was like running rampant. Cancel culture was at its finest yeah. in an event like this. And I, and I, this is actually the first time that I think we've ever done any type of media at all about the fashion house party. And I, I would probably defer to shy to let him give you his, I wasn't at the party, right? but I would imagine there will be a time and place where we will address what actually happened right. that time because there are two sides to that story oh, and it's yeah. really, really interesting. Some of the things again that we learned about the culture in general during well, that time period. Right. And and I that's why I was a little leery of bringing this up because Shy wasn't here to really explain his side of everything. Right. Like we we know from the media's perspective, from what was told to us, what happened. Right. Right. But as far as insiders are concerned, we I think we had a few stories from some of those Instagram and, and the influencers and stuff like that from their perspective. Right. They were like, the cops showed up. We ran, you know, typical. So the party. cops never actually they did show up, mm-hmm. but they did not ask the 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 event to cease oh. at all. Yeah. No, at no point. And so shy, shy made that a point, you know, because this thing became a criminal charge. You know, he yeah. went to jail over this. Yeah. Um, at no point did law enforcement say, shut the event down. Mm-hmm. And he, he was very, very, very serious when he says, had we gotten that notice, yeah. we would have it shut the over. event down right. immediately. Right. That notice was never given though. Mm-hmm. So the event continued. Um, there were no charges, uh, directly to shy other than, from my understanding, other than, um, violations of public, Public health mandates. Okay. Um, and again, I think that somebody was going to be made an example of. Yeah. I mean, it was only a matter of time. I mean, before one of these college parties, I mean, I know from personal that there were plenty of college parties happening an hour and a half south Correct. of us right now uh, that were happening that I got invited to. Right. <laughs> you know, it was I think like, this was a bigger deal because um, not, where, not saying not saying anybody, you know, I think it was where it was. I mean, you're in Nashville. So it was where it was. and it was also the people that were there. Right. I mean, at the bare minimum, some of the people that were there were very, very noticeable influencers on on Instagram. Sure. And without naming names, in some case, A-list celebrities. We're, we're actually at this party. Right. Um, I have not seen. I, I'm sure there's some information about who's who was there. That's out right seen, now. But I haven't seen a full guest list of who was there. I, that's the funny part is I'm pretty sure some publicists have covered up. And, and I don't think <laughs> who was actually will. there. And I don't think we ever will. But to your point, I don't think it really mattered. It didn't. 
Um, because yeah, you're right. It, this this would have happened anywhere else, right? Um, and it was happening everywhere else. And not saying it was right or wrong. I mean, my family <laughs> we locked down. Right. Um, you know, my my wife is a is a nurse in the hospital, and she was like, "We're not leaving." Right. You know, in fact, she was like delousing mm-hmm. in the garage every day. Oh, my wife was the same way. It's terrible, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, she's a frontline worker. She is. So, um, that's why that's why we didn't we didn't attend the party. It, did Did you actually hear the other side of this, which is not one confirmed case of COVID from that party? Well, I was just about to ask. So, what outside of cancel culture, right? Like, what was the other fallout from this? <sighs> Legal fallout. Yeah, I that mean, was it. that's that's the most obvious one. I mean, he's he's dealing with with criminal charges. Yeah. He he and the other owner of the property, um, and the other owner of the property was in in jeopardy of losing his business as well. Jeez. And he has a very very successful practice in Nash and in, uh, in Nashville. And so yeah. he was he was cancel culture kind of got to his personal business. Yeah. Um. What uh, outside? Of, I mean, you guys you brought up a little bit about cancel culture and and having you know this this call to action to kick shy out of the band and and all this other stuff i mean did you guys even even did was that even a, a thought in your mind like it it was not and i think part of part of the reason it wasn't is because we're not a very big band i mean comparatively you know we we the the calls for shy's removal from the project were were short-lived yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's funny because I actually, I've, I've always had, I had that thought when something like this happens, why don't they just wait it out? <laughs> you yeah, know, right. just wait it out, ignore everybody and it'll go away. And yeah. in our case, that's exactly what happened. The calls to remove them. Went, so I don't know if there's pressure from people that maybe have a little more clout than we do from their, their publicist and, mm-hmm. and labels or whatever that, you know, Hey, this is a big deal. We need to remove this person from the project yeah. and they feel that pressure. But for guys like us who we have a team, but our team would never suggest that we do something like that. That's right. very, that's it's very, very drastic. Yeah. And it's, and it's also something that happened in his personal life, um, had nothing to do with our music or the project at all. You brought up uh, not having a label. You guys aren't on a label anymore. No, um, no, we're not. To me, that's like, man, you worked so hard to get that label. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the, that was like, the thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you guys go away for a year, come back. Obviously, the pandemic hits, but then you drop the label. Mm-hmm. Why? So it was, <clears throat> believe it or not, it was actually somewhat mutual. Uh, it really? it was it was a decent because I think just unloading at the at the time. They were unloading all rock music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the only one that got to stay on at least at our label was Chris Jericho, the WWE wrestler. <laughs> He's got a band called Fozzie and they're, they're yeah. fantastic dudes. Really, yeah. really good music. No, Chris Jericho's a nice dude. Now, Fozzie on the other hand <laughs> is like more like five finger death punch. Sure. Yeah. But, but they've got a big following, Sure, you know, so does Nickelback. So does Nickelback. And so he got to stay on the label. Not saying Nickelback is wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying I could write a song about something sitting on my desk too. Look at this graph. <laughs> I'm just saying it has its place in music. Yes. It has its place and its time in music. Um, You own a Nickelback CD though, right? (laughs) I do. I don't think so. I I don't don't think so. I'm not ashamed. I owned a Nickelback. You know, I was a metalhead. Yeah. But so, I mean, to a point I was too. I mean, I own Slipknot and every single, like, I think I can honestly say as much as like, I would kill for a Nickelback tour. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like I would at 32 years old, I would kill to go on a Nickelback tour because they still have a massive fan base. But I don't think as far as as far as CDs that I owned personally, I don't think I ever owned all the moms in the crowd. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Look at this graph. (laughs) As you pull up your shirt. (laughs) We're not on TV. I wanted you to see my nipple. Thank you. Um, We need to play a show. But why? Why? <laughs> Do y'all see a lot of that in the shows? Not anymore, man. That's yeah. a really 1990s thing. I, it really is. And I'm a married man. You know, I'm a married man. I mean, I don't want to get you I'm in a, trouble, but I'm a faithful married. What man. are you going to do? Jump but in the like, crowd and like grab uh, no. somebody who's, who's flashing you or, or whipping their, you know, thing I, I, out? so uh, I guess this is a good question for you. Yeah. Do you think that because the culture has changed a little bit? That maybe that's why that's not some something you typically see at music festivals anymore. Honestly, I'm happy to see it. I always <laughs> hated that person who right. who was because inevitably I'm not a tall dude. Put your shirt on. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> put your shirt down and get off the guy guy who's like nine feet tall right. shoulders, which makes you thirteen feet tall. You know, because it, why isn't it more? It should be a free the nipple. The age of free the nipple, right? No, I, I just get down off the shoulders. <laughs> If you want to see boobs, it's called the internet. I, you can see boobs anytime you want. They're boobs. Who cares? <laughs> we heard this story one time. That's another thing. When you start having kids, you you quickly realize boobs are just there, and and they are for feeding the child at this point. And Brody, that's depressing. Get used to it, pal. <laughs> are you serious? You have a kid and you don't like breasts I got anymore? Three. That's a nightmare to think about. Yeah, well. Are you kidding me? I'm going to lose my appetite for the female breast because I have a child? Not completely. Not in the mood. I'm expecting, <laughs> goddammit. That is frightening. It's, believe me, when she whips it out, it's not as fun anymore. Oh, man. It's not as fun. Because when she whips it out now, you're like, woohoo, all right, here we yeah. go. We're having a fun. Uh, I'd like whip- to think that'll always be that way. No, it, it, it's not true. It's more of a functional yeah. organ yeah. at that point. Okay. Like. She's 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 busy. (laughs) (laughs) Kid takes precedence. Yeah, she whips it out now. You know, here in a couple months, I'm almost done. Uh, She whips it out in a couple months, and it's feeding time, (laughs) and not for you. So I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. I think you know what question's coming. And you said this is no. And I've been waiting for stuff like this because you're no longer on terrestrial radio. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tasted it? Yeah. It's sweet. <laughs> it's the first time we can ever talk about this. Yeah. You've tasted it. Yeah. You, is it is it bad? Will. Is it bad that I'm curious? No. Because it feels like that's supposed to be a disgusting thing, right? It's it yeah. Like it's everybody not. snubs snubs their nose at it. I guarantee you, every man <laughs> everybody snubs their nose at me drinking my wife's breath. <laughs> every man who has a child who's still, you know, like actively with that person. Is curious? No, has done it. Right. It's impossible not to. Right. Warning, things are much different after baby. It's better, though. I'm excited. You should be. I'm very excited. You should be. I'm terrified. You should be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's next? I don't know. There's no book that tells you the right and wrong way to do it. Every kid's different. Every parent is different. Uh, all these people are like, oh, this is the way. And if you do it all natural. And, and by the way, baby one, everybody has to like wash their hands, put on latex gloves up to the elbow. Oh, that's going to be my wife for sure. Oh, it's everybody. And it's even you, by the way. Get used to, to it. Two other people? Yeah. Really? Don't touch my kid. Wow. 
third kid comes around, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he ain't getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> he like falls down. You're like, oh, too bad. So is this an IPA? No, it's a cream ale. Mm. A Ghost River Brewing local grindhouse. Yeah, the grindhouse cream ale. Cheers. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, been there, done that. Cheers. It uh, it's sweet. <laughs> and no, it doesn't taste like milk. I don't know what I was expecting from this beer. Not that I was. I was kind of prepared <laughs> for a cream soda. You know, like I, I prepared my palate for a cream soda, and I got a, a lager. Yeah, not it's good. It's not bad. It's just a little different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um. So lack of label. What does that mean now? That's right. So it means a little more freedom, I think, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. We were you getting a lot of pressure from the label to do X, Y, Z, right? No, like this? we weren't getting. I don't. I don't wear this. No, when we talk to these people. No, no, you don't. You, we didn't get much pressure to to be a certain thing. We just didn't get much support financially, really, from the label. Yeah, so. We were one of the freak bands that said, hey, we'll, we'll actually we'll throw in with you on radio campaigns. Yeah. You know, because we, we actually believe in the song. And so you when know, 10 we, Feet Tall was coming out, you were throwing your own. So ten, 10 Feet Tall got a decent push that capped out at 34 on media base, nice. which was good for us. You know, it was good for rock at that time. And it was good for rock. Yeah. And we were in really good company on that chart, too. Mm. So it was it was impressive. It was a feat for us to get to 34. Mm. So then it comes time. We, we let it die. Was that 21 Pilots? Uh, Hide of 21 Pilots and everything? Too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, t- I think the number one at that time was whatever 21 Pilots single was out. You were spinning it all the time. Oh, my God, yeah. But, stressed uh, out. Stressed out. Stressed out, yeah. Uh-huh. So so we, we were really proud of where we got on the charts organically. But we let it die. Because um, it was time. It was time to end that single and move on to the next one. Because you were tired was, of it or because the label was like, let's move on? There, there, just, there comes a time in a radio campaign where when certain stations start pulling, it's t- it's just going to start. It's an yeah. uphill battle to try to get it back. Yeah. So you That's when the know, remixes come out. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a DJ. <laughs> I'm the DJ, by the way, for, yeah. your, for, the, for the fans listening. It's kind of a joke. But that's what I mean. That's when the remixes come out. I mean, look at Demi Lovato. Right. Well, so we half these half these people who write these songs or have these songs. I'm not going to say write them. Always have in the back of their mind that a marshmallow or some some DJ is going to come back behind them, remix the shit out of it. There's a guy on TikTok right now, um, Jarris Johnson. Um, you you would know his his music. He's that. Big uh, banjo drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not a big TikToker. I hate TikTok. Uh, I can't remember the uh, I can't remember the words. But anyway, he he actually his new thing that he's working on now is all rock TikTok remixes. Dope. So he did a song uh, with Papa Roach. He actually remixed Last Resort. And he's Come like rapping. my life in dope Right. Yeah, and it's actually dope. So Jacoby Shattuck, singer Papa Roach, actually found Jarris Johnson on TikTok doing the song, Jacoby's sought him out. a really cool dude, by the way. Dude, Jacoby's great. Jacoby's fantastic human. Like, salt of the earth human. Who's the coolest? I'm not going to say who's, who's the worst guy because I don't want to go there. Right. Um, but who's, who's like the coolest guy that you, or coolest band, really? You just had no idea. Like, you were like expecting one thing, totally did not get that 
from them? That's such a good question. I mean, there's so many. I can tell you mine. Papa Roach. Yeah? I expected. What did you expect? A douche. Really? Really, honestly. They were playing down in South Haven. And I really expected, there's Jacoby. He walks in. He's got the look. I mean, at this time, Ed Hardy. Oh, he eeks rock star. I mean, he 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 oozed. Like, do not talk to me. I am akin to St- Steven Tyler. Oh, he, he's the opposite of that, though. Completely. And yeah. Steven Tyler's not even like that. Mm-mm. I met him at uh, Ronald McDonald House. And Steven Tyler was even like, hey, man. You know? And it was mm-hmm. just like... You're so that's, really nice. that's that's common though. I mean, it, yeah. I have a theory about that, and it's it's who you see up is who you see on the way down. Mm-hmm. So if you've been a cool dude your entire career, it's going to sustain your career. There's a direct mm-hmm. correlation in that, mm-hmm. and that's why you see all the dickheads. They don't have anybody to help them on the way back up. Right. So to answer your original question, Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty. Coolest dude ever. Coolest dude ever met. He is awesome. So I was an intern at Dark Horse Studios in Nashville. Yeah, I was just learning the audio game, and I was. Um, actually working on the Matchbox 20 session and mm-hmm. they were just writing a bunch of songs. Yeah. And it was the very first night I was taking out the trash or whatever interns do and Rob Thomas stops me and goes, hey, how do you like working here? <laughs> I was like, um, why are you I, talking to it's, me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. It's like pretty good experience for me or whatever and he's like, yeah, this seems to be like a great environment. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's a good environment, Rob Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, so I'm, I'm Rob. I just wanted to introduce myself. <laughs> I was like, "Hi, Rob. I'm JT," yeah. and he's just the nicest man he you've took ever us all met to in dinner. your life. Not, not to one up you, but he took us all to dinner. So, do you agree, or do you have a, a differentiating opinion? No, Rob Thomas was the nicest, sweetest man. Great ever. human. Yeah, awesome. Great human. Um, but he's not one that struck me as you're going to be a douche. You know what I mean? Like he didn't strike me as the guy. That, so that was your, you prefaced that with saying who you thought was going to be a douche, but ended up being really cool. But ended up being really awesome. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I had any preconceived. This guy's a dick notion. I think everybody inherently does, though. You think like, so? Yeah. I think. I think we all, whether we want to or not, like I don't judge people. Bullshit. Right. We all judge people to an extent. Now we're not condemning that person for being that way, but I think, you know, you see somebody from across the room. We date we 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 inherently first date them right immediately, you know, because that's somebody who I do or do not want to talk to. And I think, you know, as DJ, when, you know, because I've been doing this for 18 years, like I have a pretty good eye of you or you is going to be. Yeah. Not so nice to talk to. OK, then I got one. OK. Jonah Hill. Really? Yeah. Nice so, guy. Really? So, so never, never met him directly face to face. But. I think everybody that's listening probably sees Jonah Hill as potentially like, oh, what an asshole. You could just see it written all over his face. Like, what right. an asshole. Right. He was, we were, again, I was in session when I was engineering at Dark Horse, and there's a band called uh, Plea for Purging, a metal band, okay. that actually had the singer come in and guest vocal on one of the records that I was doing. And he got Jonah Hill on the phone, and I got to hear like a personal one-on-one encounter with Jonah Hill. Oh, interesting. And what... Of a, what an amazing human. And it started really? making more sense through the years, too. So this was before the Scorsese thing that he started doing. Yeah. This was before Moneyball, bro. Wow. So this was like super bad Jonah Hill. Oh, super bad. Yeah. So during that time, he was period, a goof. He was he was a big fat Jonah. Hill. But it started making sense through the years because I say that because he's like super skinny now. Yeah. Have you seen him now? He is. He, well, he goes up and down. Yeah. But he, he in my, in my he's opinion, a human. in my opinion, you don't get into a Scorsese film. Yeah. 
by yeah, being a right. dick. Right. I wouldn't imagine you could work your way up to 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 work with Brad Pitt if you were a Michael Sarah of the business. You know, I've heard that though about Michael Sarah. Yeah, where yeah. he's not an easy human. Yeah, but you I, don't, I don't see him much. And to your point, you don't see him much anymore. So, and that's the theory, right? Yeah, yeah. That if you're not a nice human, you don't work for very long. Going back to the to the label, what's the one thing that you miss from it? Or do you miss anything from it? I guess do you I, need it at this point. Does anybody need a label at this point? You know, the, the I mean, with the way, like I, I just said, I don't TikTok, but I think one thing that TikTok has done, it's an explosion of music, right? Like I, I should love TikTok. Isn't that interesting? I really should love TikTok, but I inherently don't because it it the, to me it the music is bastardized right. so bad by by all the little things that go along with it. And if and if it was just like a a music kind of swipe thirty second playlist, which is why I started this because I was like, man, that's all I want. Yeah, but you're missing the visuals, and I think that's where TikTok comes in and fills that gap. I don't want the visuals. Gap. I don't want the visuals. You don't, but I think the tweens do. I, I, you're right. You know? No, you're right. I mean, it has its place. But if there was an app where I could literally listen to 30-second clips of everything that people were putting out, right? I would be cloud nine. That's that's interesting right there. There's no app like it. <laughs> no. And, and, and the, did you watch the new Blockbuster documentary on Netflix? Yeah. So they, they made a point in that documentary that I think applies to music as well, which is we used to be able to go into a blockbuster video and and physically meet with a curator of films. Yeah. Right. The front yeah. desk guy. Right. He would always give you the advice like, hey, put that one back. That's a trash flick, you know, and we don't we don't have that anymore with films anymore. We just take Netflix's top suggestions and just hope that it's right for us. Yeah. Well, you read the description, you see the the whatever trailer, which is the best of which. Oh, God. What was the worst one? that I saw so far. Oh, it was that uh, Trash Collectors in Space. Oh, yeah. There's, God, dude, bad. there's bad ones. You notice half of them are not even in English anymore? Yeah. I think I'll that. turn it on and be like, I'm excited to why and it's in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife will be like, damn it! <laughs> why do we have to read? I don't want to work. the same thing can be said about, about CD stores. Yeah. You know, you True. used to be able to go to the counter and ask about the CDs. Yeah. We've lost that. And now it's just an absolute crapshoot of these streaming platforms trying to find the music that we like. It's the only reason why I bought the Third Eye Blind album. Because of a CD store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was that? Spin Street right over there? Oh, man. Spin Street. We played a show at Spin Street. It's awesome. I broke my guitar player's face at Spin Street. <laughs> That's a true story. I flipped my guitar around and cut his face open. Oh, you were trying to do the, um, what's his name? Uh, from uh, Story of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that did that uh, guitar flip. Yeah. Is that still in? I don't think so. It shouldn't be in. It's so dangerous. It's it's so bad for the guitar and everything. That was the only reason for strap locks, wasn't it? You put strap locks on That's your guitar so you could flip it around. Were invented. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see much guitar flipping anymore. Please don't. I miss it. No. Uh, I think we've talked ourselves into it. Please don't do it. I think we're. I don't even play guitar, and I think I'm going to grab one just to flip it. <laughs> Land is going to flip a guitar. <laughs> my bass player in my original band in high school. Pete used to do it with a bass. Pete. Um, Winch. Winch. Yeah. All the bands did. My bass player. I he used still to. Does it? I used to walk back into the backyard, <laughs> and I would. <laughs> this is not a made up story. I walked back, and he was flipping his bass, throwing his shoulder, going 36, 37, 38, he was like 39. <laughs> working out for it, dude. He would practice how many flips he could get in a row. That's how cool it was to do back then. Man, not so cool. I'm glad anymore. it's not a thing. Anymore. I'm bringing it back. Um, yeah, but with the. Uh, 
explosion of TikTok, I think, with with the explosion of streaming, YouTube being yeah. a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know if it is necessary to have a, a label. It's not. What's in, what's inherently harder though? Without, without a label, a label exp- expedited um, public relations campaigns, mm-hmm. access to organized program directors. But as you know better than anybody, even that's becoming outdated. Yeah. I Payola mean, system. And well, well, yeah, we were never supposed to have play- Payola plugola. Right. Right. Inherently, that's bad by the FCC. We had tests on it literally all the time. <laughs> it never existed. It never existed. <laughs> right. Well, but what was great in that scenario was, hey, you play this one and this one and, uh, you know, we'll make this happen. You know, and right. it wasn't it wasn't like because those two songs were what they were pushing at the time. So right. it wasn't and, and what we were interested in playing at the time. So it wasn't like we were going to never play them anyway. Right. Um, it just got pushed up the ladder a little bit further. Right. Um, but I think now in radio, it's weird because radio is has evolved to the point where there's only one pro- program director per capita of regional people. Yeah. Right. You guys are streamlined now. Yeah. I oh. say I say you guys. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm still a radio guy. I still yeah. follow the trend. You're just thing. in the new. There's radio. one program director in, in located in one city and he programs for 20 different radio stations. Right. So let me ask you this then. Why is it that this format right here is drawing more attention than terrestrial radio? In an age where we've said we now have an ADD society, why is it that long format interviews you know are actually garnering more ears? Because we already answered that with Netflix. I want what I want when I want it. And it's got to be right now. I don't care how long it is. And I guess I want a lot of it. Well, I don't care what it is. Right. Look at look at the freaking Star Wars universe. Right. right. They were done. They were not having any more Star Wars. Lucas was finished. Damn this Star Wars universe to hell. Right. Mandalorian drops. Mm-hmm. Guess what we can't get enough of? We got a new generation of Star Wars fans now. We're nuts. Ma- Marvel. Look at Marvel. Endgame goes down. Fe- uh, Kevin Feige's like, oh, I guess we got to make more Marvel. Yeah. Why? It's called Endgame. Right. The story's done. And I know a lot of nerds who are sitting there going, is that the end of the Marvel universe? It was on paper, supposed to be. And it's not anymore. Not anymore. There's a whole new phase coming So they out. have they have WandaVision is post-Endgame? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you a Marvel guy? Oh, yeah. So WandaVision is supposed to be yep. post-Endgame after the death you of... You haven't seen it yet? So... I was a little confused at it. My wife okay. made me watch it, and I loved it. You know, I, yeah. I guess I got enough of it. I like to, WandaVision more than I like um, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, partially I because I hate that, yeah. Anthony Mackie. Right, I can't stand any Anthony Mackie. I think he's a terrible actor. If they would have gotten anybody else to play uh, Falcon, I think I would like it. Wow. He's just a bad actor to me. Wow. And I know I'm going to hate. And I, I, I hope they're listening. Just I don't care. We need to fire Anthony Mackie. You, know? <laughs> you, you just lost a viewer. Well, you know who, honestly, I think uh, they, if they would have put, <sighs> there's so many other actors, I think that would have filled that role so much better. And I'm not saying big time actors. I don't want a big name. You would have had a B-lister that would have done better. C. Really? D. Nobodies. Pick up nobodies. Because honestly... The, that's how the Falcon is. He's a nobody. And then he gets what turned is, into somebody. What is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't understand the principle behind that. Oh, uh, it's who's picking up the mantle. You saw Endgame, right? I did. Okay, spoiler alert. 
Captain America's dead. Sure. Right? So who's picking up the mantle of the captain of Captain America? Oh, that was um And so I remember that. Was that the Falcon? Was that his name? Yeah, the Falcon gets handed this the shield, right? Mm-hmm. Because okay, at that time, Steve Rogers is like, you're so that the guy. is post in game as well. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, they all tie in. So is Loki. The new the new one dropping. Wow. I think it's like next Tuesday. Yeah, it's uh, that's another one. That's a post, you know, end game. Actually, that one's more intertwined because he's going to be time jumping, which. Marvel and time jumping. Guess what? Nobody's dead anymore because Loki's going to come back. And so, there are there any comic books to write off of post Endgame? There are, uh, you know, and we talked about this in my other podcast, Geek Tank Radio. Right? We haven't done it in a while, but um, <laughs> we're completely off subject. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. It was always going to happen. I know. This, by the way, uh, for anybody, this is literally how all of our conversations. They go. they never stay on one lane. They just <laughs> they deviate. I, I always off every like, exit. I always <laughs> like have that in the back of my head. Stay on target, <laughs> and it never works with me. He's got a whole list of things we got to touch on that we're never going to get to. My phone went dead. Oh, so we're winging this whole thing? No, I didn't go dead. It turned off. Uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of it. Well, I, haven't gotten to, I haven't gotten to the new stuff yet, and, and that's what, something I want to talk to you. But I'm really interested, though, about the label thing, the, the lack of label. Right. But and, but to go, to go back to your point, I think people want what they want when they want it. Sure. And that's that's podcasts. Like, I'm interested in going back to that point. Why is it not having a label a thing? If I was in a band right now, I would literally be working my ass like I was back then. Right. To get signed. So because because bands out there now still look at the label as a cheat sheet to success, mm-hmm. they still see all of the media portrayals that the moment that you sign a label is when your career starts, when your professional yeah. career starts. Yeah, it's not it's not true anymore. In fact, the projects that are actually having the most success out there are the ones that are outsourcing their team. So instead of a label creating your um, your manager, obviously not your manager, manager is supposed to be separate from the label, right? but your marketing division, your radio team, you know, all of these pieces, what distribution. Your, what about all your merch? What about all that stuff? What about distribution? Yeah, like, it's, it's really, really easy to outsource that. In fact, to the extent that most of the companies that were doing it for these major labels have branched out on their own and you can hire them directly now. Really? So what do you need a label for? A label has now become a bank. Yeah. They so just bankroll everything. You need access to money. I can I can name a much cheaper interest rate on money than I way, could I on a three sixty deal. I was just about to say, uh, most of that stuff from the labels alone. That is, it's a bank. Yeah, I mean, you ask anybody in the industry now. That's what a label's for is a bank. Now there are bands out there that have stayed on their label because they really enjoy their team. Mm-hmm. They they are not going to throw a wrench in the works just to make more money off of their next record cycle. They're going to work with the team that's worked with them for the entire time because they've got a roadmap that works. Yeah, you know, so like for instance, um, Shine Down. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't see them ever getting off of Atlantic. Yeah, I think that they ride or die with Atlantic to the top because they treat them but so well. Uh, to, to that point, Zach Myers' other projects and stuff like that, because he is on Atlantic, isn't on Atlantic. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think he's. Yeah, I think the Zach Myers project, the um, uh, Zach, um, Zach and Zach and Zach and Zach, Zach and Zach and Zach and Zach, Zach, and Zach, and Zach, and Zach attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ammo. Uh, um, Alan Mac Myers and more. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't think that they're on a label, but I also don't think that they have any intention of 
touring to the level that Shinedown would tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach, if you're listening, if that's wrong, I apologize. You know, but we'll have him on the show. I, I get, I get the impression that 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 would never be something that he would want to bring to the level of Shinedown. More of a passion project versus this is what pays the bills. And I, I think that that listener base is inherently smaller too, you know, which is not a problem. I mean, if, if that's the music that he's passionate about, that that scratches an itch that he has. Mm-hmm. He has to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to get that out of his system. I mean, as, as writers and musicians, we don't have a choice in this. This is what we have to do. Do you feel like to a point that's what a lot of you know you guys are doing in, in Savage After Midnight with, with your side projects the side hustles and stuff like that like th- I have to do this in order to do XYZ yeah so so it, it actually transposes over to much much more broad areas so for instance I have an itch that I have to scratch in business that's mm-hmm. why I have so many different businesses that's why Shy has so many different businesses yeah because it's a separate itch that's never going to be scratched by playing live performances that's, that's a totally separate passion of ours mm-hmm. so it's it's the same thing in music where your side project scratches a a genre itch yeah. that you have so to speak. Yeah. But there there's plenty of musicians out there that try to diversify themselves into different businesses. I mean, heck, we're we're in we're in so many different sectors it's insane. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but it's because we find passion and we find joy in so many different areas outside of music. I'm just curious. Uh, speaking of the music, though, uh, you guys do have the new uh, single. Oh yeah, that you're starting to push. April 16th. April 16th. What is week, that? A uh, week from a week from tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, because today's at eight. coming out. So, um, it's called Remedy, and uh, I want to give uh, a bit of a listen to it because uh, I literally just heard it. Yeah. So you're gonna get my second reaction to it. He smiled the whole time. I did. And, and uh, here, here, here you go. Uh, it's called Remedy. It's it's very not what the last album was. No, no, it's very different. It's it's different from a production perspective. Yeah, and it's different from a writing perspective. You were talking about, um, you know, be prepared for a lot of collabs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this one seems all over the place. It's very meaty, right? In the sense that musically, musically speaking, like there's a lot of power happening everywhere uh thankfully like the drums uh, get out of the way when they're supposed to uh that was one thing that rage against the machine did really well mm-hmm. and this has a, kind of a ratum kind of feel yeah um drums drop out when they're when when the guitar is really hammering right it allows the ears to breathe a little bit right. i i could go really in depth well i think <laughs> it's a t- it's a testament to the mix by matt good to be okay. honest with you matt good is doing a lot of the really relevant mix projects within rock right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Good was, um, you may remember this from back in the day, he was in a band with uh, uh, Skrillex, Sonny Moore, yeah. called From First to Last. Yeah. So Matt, wow. Matt Good is actually 
branched out in his own production division. He played in that band? He played in that band. He actually, that band is back together. Sonny Moore is now singing again in that band. Fantastic. Isn't that incredible? I think they put a record out recently. So he is, uh, he's the one who mixed uh, Mm. this record and he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, The mix is great. Um, I I will link it in his description. That's my favorite beer. We're going to do got to get up to get down. If you link in the description. Yeah. If you don't, uh, it's a coffee brew. Oh, it's a wonderful coffee brew, by the way. So first time I had got to get up to get down. This is Memphis, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, this is Midtown. Uh, first time I had this was on tap uh, at a local bar. And I was... Cheers. Cheers. I had about six of them, seven of them. <laughs> All bam, 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 because it's coffee, right? Oh, man. I love coffee. So I'm drinking these things like it's a nice coffee. Right. It's not a nice coffee. Not feeling it. I stand up. I sit right back down. What a great third beer, though, huh? Mm-hmm. You got two in your belly. This being the third, this might be timed perfectly. Do you gleek when you drink beer? I gleek when anything is delicious. <laughs> I gleek so hard when I drink beer. My microphone, my microphone has a um, shower. But anyway, um, that's a gleek filter. Mm-hmm. What's on your microphone? That's exactly, right now. Right. it's a gleek filter. By the way, speaking of COVID, um, everything is sanitized. Fantastic. I'm yeah. vaccinated. And Are you I vaccinated? Yeah, I got my second shot today, bro. Vax bump. Yeah, yeah. Pr- I'm, proud of this. Vax. I'm really What'd you happy. Get? Pfizer. Mm. Did you get both? Mm-hmm. Second one today. I did. Uh, so technically, little Johnson and Johnson over here. Oh, uh, one shot and done. One shot and got. But you're like 68 percent though. Mm. But I'm more effective against the variants. True though. It's the give and take, right? Mm-hmm. And being 32 years old, I'm. I, I, it's presumed I'm not going to die from it if I do get it. So I would rather be 65, 70 percent protected against COVID and its variants yeah. than I would, you know, I, I do believe that Moderna and Pfizer are probably more effective against the main strain. Well, they're finding that it, they, they don't really know. And that's, a, that's there's the a problem. lot of things we don't know about this virus. And that was the scary part. Aliens, man. Yeah. Um, Aliens. So, but uh, where I was going with this is that the, you know, the who's on this, the single with you. So this uh, remedy is featuring uh, asking Alexandria's Danny Warsnip. And he's up there. He is up there. He, uh, he is singing his his I ass the, off. I had the pleasure of hearing the whole track. Right, it's fantastic. There's a lot going on. We are super excited to put this. You one should out. be. I mean, it's been two years since we put anything out. Yeah, since the last time we talked. Ten feet tall was the last time we talked. Really? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And remedy is the cure for that drought. I think so. And thankfully, I think it will be. Um, so that being said, link in the description. Go buy it. Um, the 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 whole track is is very complex in the sense that there's a lot happening. It's very Rage Against the Machine. If you're a fan of Radom, you will be a fan of this song, this track. Right. Um, there. <laughs> Yeah, it's layered very nicely. Yeah. Um, what can we expect? Is, is that what we can expect from the new album? What's the new album called? No, yeah. Um, that's a fantastic question. We, we've we tossed a couple different – because technically we owe – we owe uh, the the second half of 1159 called 1201. So Savage After Midnight, 1159, 1201. We, we technically owe the 1201 EP. Yeah. And – I don't know that we've come to a final determination. Make a mixtape. 
And, do, do all, and again, I think that you could probably release 1201 at any point, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? pull, pull a Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah. Where they just did, you know. <laughs> but there's there's talks about, I, I know I know for sure we've said that we want to release a new song every six weeks for the foreseeable future. Damn. Kind of play to the singles. Y'all have that much new music? We are headed, uh, I'm headed to Nashville on Monday to go shoot some more music videos um, for, for, for the songs that we just did, but then... I think two weeks after that, mm-hmm. we move into another record. Damn. So I don't know that we sit here and say like records, like a traditional format. I don't know that we're going to be releasing records as much as just putting music out. And then we finally get a, a group of 15 that we love mm-hmm. titling it and selling it. That was the, that's mostly got to, got to get up, get down by the way, yeah. all over your Gleek filter. <laughs> do you, uh, do you foresee, uh, putting out like an album then <laughs> wow how do I want to put this I talk for a living <laughs> when you say put 15 on the, on the track right, right. Uh, you talking about then putting out an album where it's 15 the, hey these are the ones that we like like a best of no I mean it, when we talk about releasing it it would be released like an album I mean we would release the album mm-hmm. but every single gets left been, off the list because that's a lot of songs in the next six weeks talking about a new song. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know the order. I don't I, I know that I know the first probably the first three or four. I know I think we've pretty much determined that release order. But mm-hmm. after that, I think it's kind of a kind of buckshot. You know, I think we'll get a lot of information based on the four, the variants and the four that we release based on what content is 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 actually getting more traction. Mm-hmm. And we can probably cater some of the releases to what what type of fan base has, has grabbed on or what or potentially even what tours that we're going to be getting on. Mm-hmm. We could decide to push the heavier songs up before the uh, alt or top 40 friendly songs. Um, so it all just kind of depends on the, the, the environment. Yeah. From what I heard, not as poppy as 1159. No. Um, now, now some are more poppy. Really? Yeah. So we went out to Los Angeles and wrote with the heavy dudes. Um, they they actually brought us a song. Um, I, I guess I can't probably talk about the title of it, but it's it's very, very. Don't. I don't want you to get in trouble. Very, very top. Well, I mean, that's the funny part. No label. Can we really get in trouble by shit anybody anymore? I mean, like maybe the band's mad at me, but anyway, it's old habits. So I'll just keep it to myself for now, just in case. For now, you can come back. But so this song, 100% top 40 friendly. I'll take. I'll tell you what. I'll take a shower. And the rest of the guys can come back in. And we'll all have beers together. Okay. And we'll talk about the rest of the crap that you're putting out. You need the shower, though. That's the key. Maybe. I might (laughs) shave. No, do not shave. You look like a fucking baby alien when you shave. (laughs) Bad. (laughs) Do not shave. It's not soccer season yet. I cut it down, though. Did you see it before? Was it big? Really? Yeah, mid-chest. Oh, dude, I'm so proud of you. You see mine's cut a little bit. Mm -hmm. No, it looks good. Trying to be more professional. I will say, keep it short for the kids. Really? They grab a hold of that thing. You want tears? <laughs> Let them grab right here under the chin. Yeah, that's a that's that's a, the this part on the cheeks and stuff. Area. No problem. Nope, they can grab that. Even the mustache. It's is a the bit. underbelly. It's the underbelly. The yeah. underside. Mm-hmm. Man, that's why I'm like all up trimmed up real tight. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that that will bring tears to the eyes. So I, I was thinking about the baby beard, and I, I guess that probably is not a good idea. Mm-mm. Also, I've heard too that if you if you have a beard, have a baby, and shave your beard, <laughs> your baby is frightened of you. No, I've seen YouTube. 
YouTube does not lie. My There's kids, plenty of videos of children screaming at their fathers for shaving. Maybe if they've had like the big bushy beard. That's what I'm in saying. Their face the whole time. Yeah, it's just as popular as the military family coming home and being reunited. <laughs> <laughs> it's trending to that nature. Those make me cry every, uh, time. every time. I will say that I'm a lot easier to cry now as a dad. Wow. Like one of those videos comes on. So the stuff like, I think is stupid is not going to be so stupid anymore because I can relate. The father saw the son wow. thing. I will. Say, I will, I'm going to be honest with you. Video games make me cry now. What? Uh, God of War, that stupid God of War game, wept like a baby because I had kids. You're going to sit here and tell me you're crying over Mario Kart? Not Mario Kart. Like, that's what I'm saying, like the storyline. Wahoo! <laughs> it's making you cry? My kids my kids play Mario Kart all the yeah, time. Pregnancy hormones over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing, man. Um, so, yeah, we'll, you come back in when you release more more tracks. We'll play them. All right, just like we did with Remedy. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I didn't want to like it. Why? I don't know. You want, I, you wanted to have some kind of critical want, nature? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that in you. I'll tell you why. I like 10 feet tall. And everything that I was going to hear from then on was going to measure up. Or wouldn't measure up. It had to surpass 10 feet tall. And this yeah, is but nothing you, like it. You know me well enough where I, I've I've shown you songs throughout the years that have mm-hmm. never been released. Yeah. That we never put out. Right. That you if, it, if it wasn't actually better, do you think it would have ever seen the light of day? Yeah, but there were some of those songs that you should have. I agree. I agree. But there, I mean, there's just a lot more people making those decisions than just me. Yeah. And Not I anymore, agree. no. Well, no, it's just the no. Five. There is. I mean, we still have a team. We still have a very relevant team that that has a lot of input in the decisions that we make on a daily basis. You, Shy, Landon, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, yeah, Derek. But we still have our what same about management. Your, your management, mm-hmm. I guess. We still have our radio team. Mm-hmm. We still have our marketing team. I mean, we've revised it's quite a, lot a bit. Of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of people that believe in the project mm-hmm. and. And when when something that a lot of people believe in com- comes and sees the light of day, there usually is enough for everybody to eat, you know, yeah. if you really believe in it and, and it works. Yeah. You know, I guess that, that's the key. We have enough of a fan base now where whatever we put out is going to sell something. So anybody that works with us does get to make money. But getting to the next level is kind of why we've overextended ourselves to create this team outside of Sony that's going to give us a shot, yeah. you know, at, at getting to that next level. We've got the tours. Yeah. Speaking of tours, um, I guess we should, we should take a break. Uh, come back. We'll do the top five countdown. Talk about tours. And then I'll tell you who's up next. Uh, this has been fun. This has been great. Uh, Remedy is out. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be out in a couple days. Yeah. Keep clicking the link um, and and go get your fix. Pre-save, pre-order, yeah. pre-buy, whatever they call it nowadays. <laughs> I don't even know. The marketing team sends us this link that we're supposed to put in our bios that, that's the pre-save feature. Mm-hmm. And I still couldn't tell you what the analytics are around pre-saving something. But That, that bothers me so bad. Everybody's like, Sim, you're analytics. Yeah, what does it mean? I don't know. Why do I have to have pre-saves? It's, it, to me, the analytics don't even bother me. But regardless, pre-save. Yeah, pre-save it. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break, come back with the top five, talk about tour coming up, and then talk about who's next on the show. You're listening to the Memphis Reverb. Say it! 
This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. The 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my three subs podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. Check out more of my three subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey, on the iHeartRadio app. If you can make it here, then you've made it. This is the Memphis Reverb. Here we go. Back with JT from Savage After Midnight. We just talked about Remedy. Uh, We're going to get into the top five list, and I'm already going to flip the script on uh, the top five list. We get another beer? Yeah, we're going to do Mexican lagers. Uh, But the funny part is it's high cotton. Again, Memphis, right? Memphis, yeah. But but Mexican lager. Have this one with a quesadilla. Very far from the border. (laughs) Not that far. (laughs) We're pretty far from the border, bro. It didn't take that long to get to Cabo. In a plane. In a a plane. I usually light. I usually run to the word. Pretty fluffy, huh? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like drinking a little cloud. I think we realized we have the same palate. So we, off mic, uh, we're having a little potty break, um, stepping outside because it gets really stuffy in here. It's it a difficult studio. It, it, it always gets stuffy. Always. And especially when you're pumping out as much hot air as I am. <laughs> Uh, but uh, one thing we started discussing was uh, IPAs, right? And the hatred to IPAs. What is it about? It's, it tastes like my grandmother's closet. It's awful. It's terrible. It's and dry, bitter. It's like Merlot. And are we going to get hate for it? Probably, but I don't understand why people love it. So there is one, and this was not something we did off mic, but there there is one context that an IPA actually makes sense, and I'm not sure if you know this. Hmm. Indian food. No. Do you like Indian food? I do. Yeah, have an IPA with it. Really? It actually pairs very well. See, I, I, I otherwise everybody's like steak with grandmother's mer- mothballs. <laughs> Merlot with steak. No. no, hell with that. Cab Sav Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'll drink a red Zinfandel, Brody. Hell yeah. I'll drink the shit out of Give red Zinfandel. Give me Behringer. Give me the weird like the the bottle of like put it in a put it in a box and call me Michael. You know, I love it. I love box wine. I do too. I just there's nothing wrong with it. No, cheers nothing to cheers to Mexico. Cheers to Mexican. What is this called? Mexican lager, high cotton. Thanks, high cotton. Uh, click the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna get hate for all. Of Not a sponsor of the show. No. Uh, all right, let's dive into this top five. Um, and now I'm already flipping the script on the top five. I already said that I was gonna do the actual top five. Right. Newsflash: the same as last week. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's the same as last week. So, so that go format back, doesn't work anymore. Go back and listen. I hate it. I hate playing the same songs. Yeah. That's what always bothered and irked me. I always yeah. said, hey, you know, and, and listen. That's why you got out of radio. That's right. Well, one of the reasons I got out of radio. <laughs> one of many reasons I got out of radio. The downsize was the main reason. But, <laughs> you know, um, no, I, I, I always hated it, though. I always hated doing a daily countdown, even a weekly countdown, with playing the same crap because I'm like, that can't be true. Well, in this case, it is kind of true. There's there's a few variants in there. Um, you know, Bieber bounced around. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the country song bounced around. Yeah. Uh, Gabby Barrett mm-hmm. bounced around, and she's up to four. I, I don't care that much. You know, my favorite part and that's my of, problem, of listening to your old show was riding in the vehicle with my wife, putting your show on, mm-hmm. and then you would you would cut to the song. Yeah. And I'd look at her and I'd go, Brody hates this song." <laughs> 
You can always tell too. He hates this song. He hates this song. <laughs> like, oh god, what was the one that I was forced to play? Oh, I tell you what it was. Soul Fetch. Soul. What is that? Soul Fetch. Oh god, damn <laughs> that, that song, song called is. Dragon or something like that. Dragon Face or something. I don't know. To me, Soul Fetch is such a, a uniquely nerdy word. Because Soul what Fetch. What does it is, mean? Do re mi fa so la ti do. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so Soul Fetch is what we call do re mi fa so la ti, and uh, that speaking to that, you like you, if you were to speak Soul Fetch, like you could say that in every single. This is why we say mi re do re mi mi re. Right. I'm singing right. Soul Fetch. Okay. Okay. So when this band came out, I'm thinking I should probably know that. Well, no, it's it, it's it's a it's more of a choral thing okay. than, than it is a, an actual band nerd thing. Not for a metal guy. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Um, but anyway, when this band came out, I'm thinking this is going to like rock my world, right? When uh, when a great big world came out, right, right. That one was like these are true nerds. Ben Folds comes out right. and releases mm. a song. I'm like, yeah, nerdgasm. We didn't get you didn't get to play any of that. No, I didn't because I'm pop pop radio. No, I, I got I got to play a big a great big world with Christine Aguilar. Up next, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Whatever. Say something. I'm... Oh man, I love that song. But anyway, everybody loved that song. Man, dude, I tell you what, you put that song on, you're at least getting a third base. At least. <laughs> what is third base? Oh, I know what third base is. I know what third base is. Yeah, I've been there twice. You're the kid, and I have a child. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm flipping the script with the top five. The countdown is this. I'm asking you, my guest, to pick the top five. And I did it. You did it. Uh, So let's count this out. We're counting them down. Countdown. A day to remember. Bloodsucker in number five.
said I should be on is issues it's all day. Tapping out. Yeah, there's your top five. Top five. I'm a fan. Uh, links in the description for Remedy. Uh, let's talk about tour. Uh, you guys touring? Yeah. Got so tour coming I, out. I think it's probably time to start talking about it. I, I wish I could drop the, the tours themselves, and but the it's, dates it's and everything yeah, like that. we don't have them yet. But it's okay. I'll put a link in the description. You can follow along with Savage After Midnight. There is a tour on tap. Yeah. So there's there's several on tap. And I think it starts to get a little more complicated for me since I'm expecting in October, <laughs> uh, right around the yeah. time when we have a potential radio single coming to the market. Uh, <laughs> this is a very complicated time for me. However, we kind of discussed what we were going to do, right? Okay. So there's there's two different schools of thought for us. Num- number one is is trying to find a fill in for me on stage. Okay. So a guy from another band who's not touring that could potentially cover for me during the time that I'm out with my my newborn, which is going to be tough because everybody's going to hit the ground running. I, I would think, and that would also pose a serious issue for ticket sales as well so I would hope that it kind of starts to stagger back and I think that we're organically going to see that happen through arenas being last right stadiums being last you'll start to see the club tours this summer you'll start to see you know all that stuff come back is that something you don't want to do as opposed to a stadium tour is like do small venues first get your feet wet so it's and I'm not sure this is the point you want to make but it's actually funny I want to bring it up this may potentially be an interesting time in that rock bands don't traditionally play stadiums if you're not Metallica, right? Yeah, true. Well, with COVID and social distancing, I want to. I want to go. Uh, we potentially could do a stadium tour <laughs> just because you have to socially distance for fifteen thousand people, right? So, although by by October you should be. I mean, we should be back to elbow to butthole. I think we should be. I think once you have. I mean, we, you and I just access. talked about it. We're, we're vaxxed. Yeah, so we're vaxxed. But I think once you wake up one morning and realize if you want the vaccine, you can go get it. I think there's probably no excuse to have everything closed down. That's my opinion. Right. Because if you choose to not get the vaccine it's and you get stupidity. sick and die from the virus, yeah, right. it's not necessarily the fault of the business owners or the promoters of the show. Right. It's your fault for not getting vaccinated, in my opinion. Right. You're the idiot who didn't do it. Right. And you have access to it. And it's it's free. Right. Like, I literally didn't even get out of my car. No, I didn't either. I didn't pay a dollar. (laughs) And I I think this is also important to talk about on the show, too. The Army... The vaccine is free. It's free. The the Army guy literally reached into my car. He had gloves on. Reached into my car. Shot me with the thing. (laughs) He was like, sorry, the human body doesn't like needles. You're bleeding a little bit. I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah, just give me the vaccine. I don't even care. Can I tell you my story? My story's pretty funny. See, the Memphis Fire Department is the one that's doing a lot of the the Mm -hmm. locations for vaccinations. Mm -hmm. So I got the Johnson & Johnson. I pull up. It takes a while to get through the line. I finally get into the tent. Not they're that doing... long, though. No, I didn't, I didn't actually wait that long. Don't let that be a deterrent yeah. to not yeah. get the I vaccine. Think the longest I waited was at the Appling location. And I think right. the longest was because we had to fill out that stupid form. Yeah. And everybody's got to fill out the everybody's form. Everybody's got to fill it's, out. But it's your, it's your hand. Just write stuff down. <laughs> 
So I pull and up. It's your name. Like it, there's no wrong answer. No. Yeah, you could put fake information if you want. <laughs> I don't. That's, nobody that's, cares. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Just get the vaccine. You get the little card. So we pull in, and uh, the 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 fire fire department guy, firefighter, or whatever, he's wearing MFD or whatever the logo is. Yeah, so I, I roll down the window and. Um, and so I don't, I don't love needles, right? I don't love them, but I don't mind them. You got tats. So, so I pull up, right. and he pulls out the needle, and all I do is just what I do for every shot, right? I close my eyes. That's it. That's all I do is just close my eyes. <laughs> so I close my eyes, and he sticks it, and I do a little squint. No audible noises, nothing, just a little squint. Yeah. And the, 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 the firefighter looks at me and goes, yeah, don't be a little bitch. This is my first day. <laughs> And I go, oh, no, no, it's not a problem. He goes, no, nah, no, don't be a little bitch. Nah, that didn't hurt at all. I was like, are you kidding me? Bro, a fire, firefighter called me a bitch because I squinted. <laughs> just trying to do my civic duty. You have tattoos, though. No, but I got to squint, man. That's just my one thing. And, and, and tattoos are fine. You know, I'll squint for a little bit. Yeah. And I haven't, had, I haven't been tattooed in over a decade. But I fell asleep. Did you? You yeah. have a tattoo? I got a bunch of them. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. You got a you got a banana peel from Mario Kart. I got an elephant that's sitting right here on my lap. <laughs> so he so I just squinted and the guy looks at me and goes, Don't be a bitch. <laughs> what? Uh what were your side effects? I got a really bad headache for about a day. Really? That was it. And it varies. Sore arm. What was yours? Sore just, arm. Just location. Pain. Sore arm. Yeah. Like it, it's sore now. I'm like it is just like a damn, that's a bitch. You know? <laughs> But it's like somebody I, I I put it out there on my on my social media. It feels like a paintball. Like uh, I got hit in the it uh, does. arm with the paintball gun. Yeah, it's just a it feels like a bruise that doesn't show up as a bruise. Yeah. yeah. It's it was not that bad. Worst heard, of it? Pff, come on. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm vaxxed, bro. But I, I got a I got a really bad headache for about a day. And it and it 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 was a little bit of light sensitivity or whatever, but for the most part migraine esque. Yeah. And it was bad. It really hurt. My wife was was you know, she was thankful, obviously, that I got vaccinated while she has a child inside of her. Right. But um, but it was it was bad scariest, enough to acknowledge. Uh, that's the scariest thing right now. Being a parent is the kids because yeah. we're not going to get the kids vaccinated until sure. we get the green, 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 ultra, green, light. ultra green light. Right. That it's a OK. So interesting thing. So we were at the OBGYN mm-hmm. and uh, my wife had covid um, a long time ago when it was in the heat of covid. Yeah. And uh, she she's also a medical laboratory scientist. So Again, she front yeah, line. front line worker. Yeah. So she actually tested herself for her antibodies and her titers and they're high. So she still okay. got the active antibodies. And because of that, because she got pregnant while her antibodies are, are high, uh, the doctor said that one of the things that actually is proven now is that if your antibodies are high when you get pregnant, the child is immune to COVID. Damn. So one bright light wow. in this pandemic. Your kid already has the immunity. And, and is, is already slated to be an Avenger. Correct. Fantastic. That's right. He's going to be the white falcon. <laughs> it's the white falcon. Or the mixed falcon. My wife is black, so she's a mixed falcon. That's awful. <laughs> anyway, uh, up next on the show, Tori Houdat. She's oh, yeah. got new music out. Uh, well, you guys have a, a connection with Tori Houdat. Yeah, the shows so I with. sang with her that night. The show we talked about at the beginning of this this episode, yeah. uh, the Kiss show, Yeah, I actually sang a song with her that night at that show before we hit the stage. Really? Mm-hmm. What song did you sing? Um, it was, uh, what was that Macklemore song that was kind of a testament to... LGBTQ oh, community. Oh, it was um, 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Gosh, what was that song? It was big back then. Me, uh, link it in the uh, message it in the uh, comments below, uh, and and tell us that song because it's gonna bother me. I'll think yeah. about it tonight. It's gonna I, it's gonna hit us in bed. I'll lay down and I'll yeah. be like, that was it. Yeah. But I sang. I can hear it. I sang the chorus oh. to that song with Tori Huda. On on stage. On stage. You know, Correct. I, you remember we had the what mask. What was I doing? We had the masks up. I think we were getting drunk. Probably. Yeah, I think we were getting drunk. I was. I'm a Catholic. Or you were you were you were with your girlfriend at the time. <laughs> or you had just gotten married. No, we weren't married. Okay, so that was your girlfriend back then. Maybe fiance. Unbelievable. She's rocking a rock. Anyway, uh Tori Hudat is up next. I'm really excited to talk about her new music. Uh she was on OnlyFans. So we have to talk about that. Uh and, and a whole lot litany of other stuff. Tori Hudat up on the Memphis Reverb. Uh, JT, thank you so much. Best yes. of luck to you and the rest of Savage After Midnight. You can go check them out on their social media handles, Savage AM. Yes. Um, pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. Even TikTok. I think you yeah, you just type in Savage After Midnight. I think you get to all pages. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, of course, Remedy out. I'm going to say now. Uh, but if uh, you're listening to this day of drop, it is not out now. But you can go ahead and reserve your uh, copy of Remedy uh, by clicking the description below. Uh, you just heard a snapshot of what that song is, and that was that was like the the minuscule part. There's so that much. the chorus, yeah. Much more complexities of that, and I'm really excited about new music. We're gonna have a little listening session. So off mic, we're gonna have a little is- listening session because uh, there's two other tracks that oh, you yeah. tease me with. You're, you're the only one that's gonna hear it too. Potty break. I, I can't wait for this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that guarantees you, though. I'm gonna go ahead and book you for another visit. I'm in, and right. I'll, I'll shower, and I'll bring the band. Shower, I'll bring. Right. right. Gotcha. The Memphis Reverb Podcast, hosted by Brody Scott. Recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more episodes by searching Memphis Reverb. This is a Brody Scott production. Daddy, Daddy.